welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. My name is Toad. Today, we're sitting down with Dylan Carmichael. He is the nephew of Eddie Montgomery and John Michael Montgomery. We talked about some of his bucket list venues, and guess what? Stoney's Rockin' Country was one of them. We talked his first band. We talked the move to Nashville, working security at the Opry. You know what? He was the first employee to ever step foot in the circle as an artist. And you know what else? He's also got skills as an IT guy. He fixed our system today. Let's get to know Dylan Carmichael. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. My name is Toad. I'm sitting here today with the IT master himself, Mr. <laughs> Dylan Carmichael. <laughs> now you got to explain what IT master means. So we walk in the room and nothing's actually working. I couldn't get the audio uh, audition to actually work. And he's he. I call our IT guy and I'm like, bro, like it's not working. And I, you know, called him some names as you said, and he called me some names. Everything was cute. <laughs> and so, Dylan, you your mastermind says to do what? It ain't got no gas in it. <laughs> <laughs> he says to reboot the computer and then it works. <laughs> so and you got you know if, if that don't work sometimes you got to reach down there and slap it a couple times. right that's what <laughs> wow i think you're drinking a corona um i don't really drink but i'm like about ready to have one because it's been that kind of day what's well, up man dude thanks welcome for, thanks for inviting me absolutely dude welcome to las vegas welcome to stoney's your first time here at stoney's rocking country it is it is i mean i've been hearing about it for for a long time and uh, I, I think I mentioned to you earlier, I have a, a bucket list of places to play, and uh, this is on it. I, I love we, the we, fact we're that... We're about to check it off. You get to check it. And you have what, one or two left on your bucket list right off the bat? Opry? I do. I do. Well, actually, so I checked off the Opry. You did? I did. Check that off. I'm about to check off Stoney's and uh, Billy Bob's. Billy Bob's. No yeah. So I think that just for shits and giggles on Billy Bob's, I might have to roll out and see that show because okay. I missed your Opry. And I've seen a couple Opry debuts, and yeah. I love it. I think it's just probably like one of the coolest things because you get to see the face, the yep. the excitement. The I get to see it tonight because you never played Stoney's. You've heard yeah. great things, I'm assuming, about it. That's why it was on your list. Exactly. Yeah, and we're doing the Opry in October, so if you can get out to to Nashville, any excuse, let us know. any excuse. We're actually I'll be in I'll be in Nashville uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week myself. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Well, holler at us. We'll be there. You live there now? We live in Hendersonville, yeah. Hendersonville. Been there, been there a decade. Really? Yeah. So, grew up where? Kentucky. Kentucky. Bergen, yeah. Population 924, and uh, when I left, it was 923, and it's been that ever since. Really? Did you go to, like, all your schooling was there? Yeah, yes. Yeah, K through 12, all in one building. Really? How many kids in your graduating class? 18. Shit, no. <laughs> so you have some some royalty in your family, yeah. Musical royalty. We're we're go ahead and let's let's talk about that. So we've got Eddie Montgomery, yeah, and John Michael Montgomery. That's right. These are both your uncles. My mom's brothers. Yeah, and it's funny because you're not the only one that's 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 labeled that as as royalty. I think that's an interesting uh, uh, term to use. I like it though. Yeah. Why Why wouldn't you? I don't know. I, I guess I think of like. Uh, I don't know. I think I like a king and a queen. I don't know it, but it's um, cool. It's it's a nice word though. I like it. I like it just because, you know, those guys they they've paved the way for what country music should be. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan. 
Uh, I love. I mean, I get in my little. I get in my John Michael moments. I get in my Montgomery Gentry moments, and uh, and my mom's also a singer. Their sister. She's she's been singing forever. She taught me. You know, she's one of the uh, one of the ones that taught me how to sing. How crazy is that? So, do you in this small town that you're in? Do you do you start playing music there? Is that something you guys just like porch picking kind of stuff, or was Absolutely. there a, was there a quote unquote scene? Did you get like? <laughs> Half the town out to come see, or how's that work? Right, yeah. No, I mean it was uh, it was definitely something we we just did for fun, and 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 we still do. But but yeah, I mean it started at the house, and and then uh, I think I was fourteen or fifteen years old, and I, I you know I had the idea I, I got to get a band together. So so I had the, uh, I found a drummer, and we all went to school together: drummer, guitar player, bass player, so on and so forth. And we had this band, but the problem was the drummer wanted to do metal. The bass player wanted to do reggae, and the other one wanted to do hip hop, and it was just like, and I wanted to do country, so we had so so we was out there doing like Metallica, and then that, you know we'd do like uh, Bob Marley. And Your covers were Street. were across the gamut, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's probably any any young band. Everybody has different, sure, you know, desires. That's what makes them a band, dude. <laughs> right. I I can tell you, I've seen a lot of bands come through here where their drummers are are have grown up playing punk music or oh, playing sure. like in the indie rock scene and like Granger Smith's drummers. That guy's a wild man. I don't yeah. even know his name, but like you watch him and like, dude, you're in the wrong band. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you should be out on the road with someone that like. But again, they fit. I mean, yeah. we see a lot it of it works that. out. Yeah, we just had uh, Tyler Braden roll through. I don't know if you know that kid, but his guitar player and drummer. Um, they were like obviously on kind of one side of the stage, but they were a show all in themselves. The bass player, yeah. the drummer, and the guitar player. Dean is the bass player. I know him. I think Mikey is the name of the guitar player. But I'm watching. I'm like, dude, you guys should be in like freaking Atreyu or something like that. You guys are in the <laughs> wrong band. It sounded great in there, but you watch the yeah. show and you're just like, God, do I watch Tyler? Or do I watch the? Yeah. And you go, but it's entertainment. Hey, being an entertainer first. Hell yeah. Most important thing. Hell yeah. So, how do you? So okay. Does where did where did Eddie and John live then? Did they did they live there when you were growing up, or did they already make the move to? They they actually neither of them ever lived ah. in Nashville. So really, they were kind of a, an anomaly that they stayed at home the whole time. Yeah, so so they grew up in Garrett County, which is a county over from where I grew up. Right, and uh, and so I mean they've always been in Kentucky. I mean it's it's I grew up with them. You right, know, I, I grew up living close to them and going and playing golf with them and you know i mean we've picked guitars we've sang on the weekend and stuff like that but uh but then they their tour bus comes and picks them up and takes them on the road and right i was wanting i want to do that so you just watch them do that growing up and you're like shit that's yeah. what i want to do absolutely and of course seeing them hearing them on the radio and seeing them on tv and all that stuff is pretty cool too that, i want to do that we had uh montgomery gentry played here um a few years back and then um, Eddie came through uh, after. Gotcha. Yeah, and it was, uh, we actually have a license plate downstairs signed by both of them. Yeah, after and, uh, Troy passed away. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, but we have a, kind of neat, Chris and, and Troy were at the bar uh, the day that they played here downstairs, like in the afternoon, and they just started talking, and yeah. I was filming them, and we were screwing with Keith Anderson. Yeah. It was like the greatest thing in the world, because <laughs> Keith Anderson's uh, Oklahoma State fan, Okay. And whenever he plays here, I just put Oklahoma Sooner, <laughs> Boomer Sooner on the TVs just to mess with him because that's just who I am. I don't know if you can tell. That's I'm just awesome. kind of that guy. But So we were literally, I acted like I was taking his license plate off there, and we were putting up uh, Montgomery Gentry's because they both signed their 
Kentucky plate right. outside. I've got so. one of those at home. Signed? Yeah. No, awesome. not signed. No. I, uh, I don't know anybody. I, uh, I don't have the connection to get it signed. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at what age do you pick up your stuff and go, and you move? Like, did you do you do you wait, or is the your next step from your small town Kentucky directly to Nashville? Yeah, I mean, I I grew up in a in a great family and in a great situation in a great town with a lot of great people. But I had some uh, some just teenage troubles. I was a troubled teenager, and I couldn't wait to get out of there, man. Like, right. I, I graduated high school, and I hauled ass out of there. And took. I mean, I went straight to Nashville. I didn't have a place to live or nothing. Just went down. There. Just showed up. And I was I was blessed with uh, with another guy from Kentucky. A buddy of mine had just moved down there. He needed a roommate, so we we got connected, and uh, and then we ended up living together for six years. Oh wow! Yeah, Ryan was his name. And still is his name. Still is his name. That's. <laughs> I was gonna ask. Well, he, you never know. This day and age, he could be. I I, I don't know Ray Lynn or something. I don't. I don't even. I don't. <laughs> That's a whole nother segment, yeah. but um, you worked on Broadway. You said that you were yeah. uh, a door guy. Yeah, so I, I signed. Actually, got offered a songwriting deal when I was seventeen, and I signed it when I was eighteen, and uh, that's when I moved to Nashville. Uh, so I started off writing songs, which wasn't incredibly profitable, uh, in obviously in the beginning, but that's kind of how I got started, and so. The actually the lady that owns the that owned the publishing company at the time is now is a the head of the record label that I'm signed at. So it's a full circle thing. Oh wow! Yeah, I've I've always been a big fan of loyalty, and she's always believed in me. And we've all I mean we've always worked together. But but uh, but yeah, what was your question originally? The uh, your your job, like you yeah, went to okay, Nashville, so you that's get where I was going with that. Yeah. So that publishing deal actually did come to an end. Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> um, and then I needed a job, and and I couldn't find a job playing music, so I went down to the Opry, and I applied for a security job. Right. And I got it. So I did security at the Opry, and then that was that was awesome, by the way. But but then I, after that, I went down to Broadway, worked at the bars on Broadway. I was doing security there. How much did you hate that job? Because you're sober it, and everybody's drunk. <laughs> I loved it, man. I, I yeah. loved the, you know, just the, at that time, now it'd be totally different. But at that time, I was just, I was like 21 or 20 years old or something. And just loved the drama. And right. Just loved the kicking people out of the bar and all that kind of that stuff. Power. That power. I don't know if I was on a power trip. I think I just it was it was entertaining. It was stimulating. It right. Wasn't, well, I wasn't like, yeah, I'm better than you. I'm gonna kick you out of the bar. It's just it was just these people needed to be kicked out right. of the bar. It was their time. We don't we don't kick too many people out of here unless they <laughs> fair statement is unless they need to be because we'll tell yeah. everyone just calm down, you know, relax, blah blah blah. But then it, it gets to that point. Yeah. It's very. I'm talking about like people that like get on stage and steal the uh, mic from the lead singer and starts <laughs> drunk, just singing friends in low places. Like this guy. Needs to be kicked out. <laughs> Did he get to finish his song though? No, no, not when I not 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 by the time I noticed. I was good at my job. I will say that I, I was good at security. I'm not good at much, but so the nostalgia of playing at the Opry after you work there. So I've experienced a couple artists their first time playing the Opry, and I see that. But you already knew your way around there. It wasn't new to you. You so like how did. How, what's that whole feeling about? You go back there as an ex-employee per se yeah. that you loved working there because that place is country music. Yeah, um, and then you go back and you get to play there. Yeah, 
It's funny because I went back and looked at my my email, my resignation email, right? Where I had quit the Opry, and it was like August something of 2015. So I made my Opry debut August 21st, 2018. No way. Same month, but you know, three years later. Did you bring it with you? Bring the the email. Yeah, I would have printed that thing out, put it in my back pocket. <laughs> Just been like point. this. No, I didn't. I didn't. But I tell you, they told that story before I got in that circle. Really? They told the whole story, and I went out there, so everybody knew before I stepped in the circle. They're like, "This dude used to do security here. This is a big deal." All right. And this is a once in you know this has never happened in Opry history where You're... somebody did security here. Right. And then now they're stepping in the circle, and it was a big deal, man. Like, you could feel the energy in the room when I was about to step in that circle. They were just like, it's like they were stepping in the circle. It was With awesome. You. Yeah. So do you step in the circle before you play? Like, you go in the afternoon for, like, maybe sound check or whatever? Did you actually, no. or did you wait until you got up on stage? You don't do a sound check at the Opry. Well, you get to walk around before your show, before they let everybody in and yeah, everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. They've actually, they did a thing. It was, like, called My Opry Debut. You know, it was a video, doc, like a, a, a documentary type thing. Oh, nice. And, uh, and I mean, you can watch it, and you can see, like, I'm making sure I'm not stepping in it yet. Right. You just get close to it. <laughs> yeah. How about those musicians? So I saw that that right before everything starts that night, you go back, and you go into this little tiny room backstage, and there's, like, eight guys in there or whatever. Yeah, and you're like, these are the absolutely. songs you're going to play. And yep. um, they're, like, masters of their craft, oh, dude. Man. I was I did a Opry Country Classics, which is where – uh, you know, up and coming artists and modern artists, uh, they cover traditional classic country songs, right? W- which is super cool. And I did Keith Whitley and Only Daddy That'll Walk the Line and Misery and Jim by Merle Haggard. And I was joking and messing with them. I was like, Do y'all know these songs? And, and, and I kid you not, like five of them played on the songs. No way. I'm like, Dude. Really? Dude, <laughs> that's how good this Opry band is. They they played on the songs that made country music country right. music, and I, they're so humble. I went back there. I saw um, the first person that I, my first experience there. I was in town to go see Tony Jackson's debut, and his was on a Saturday, I think it was, or maybe it was, I don't know, two days apart anyway. But Stephanie Quell, another lady that's played here a bunch of times, her Opry debut was the day before, and she saw we were in town, and I'm like, dude, what's up? And she's like, dude, if you come, we'll make this happen. So That's my awesome. first experience there was her first experience, and there my second experience was Tony Jackson's first experience. Yeah. So for me, I love when an artist comes to Stoney's, and it's the first time. Yeah. I love it because they get to experience something that they've heard about. Yep. That hopefully it's all been good stuff. Yeah. And they get to experience stuff like that, and I get to see the the look on their face. So my, my I have a kind of a pride story here of Russell Dickerson's played here seven times. Okay. His first time maybe to two hundred and fifty people. Okay, and we just kind of grew it. That his single "Yours" wasn't on radio, yep. so his last two times he played here, "Yours" had just hit the highway. Okay, so getting a little bit of whatever, and the people in Vegas, like we're building him as like this is what we've done, and this right. is this guy you got to come see him, and our marketing, like everything on behind this. Well, his sixth show we sold out. So his wife comes to every single show. So she was on the side of the stage. I pulled her out the side by the green room. There's a door right next to it. We'll go out tonight to go to dinner. I I go, come with me. She goes, I'm not. I said, come with me. I promise you this will be worth it. And so she walks with me while Russell's singing. I take her down the back, and we open the door, and I open it, and there's a line still, and it's already sold out, and there's a line all the way down the end of the wall. Crazy. We've done our work here. Yeah. She runs up on the stage. I'm getting the chills again. Stops the show. (laughs) Russell calls me out, and he's like, like, and we tell the story of all we ever wanted to do 
was have him come here enough, expose him to these people, and then come yeah. out and experience his first solid at Stony. So yeah. for me, I love doing that. And then we did it the following show, which was I did the same thing. I pulled her out. She's like, there's no way. I pulled her out again. They stopped the show again. We we're like, dude, two for two. He hasn't played here since, but now he's a monster. <laughs> but yeah. we want him to come back. Yeah. But, but that's our goal with artists. Like, I love your music. It was like I, you said you've been wanting to come here for three years. I think it's probably pre-COVID, maybe a year pre-COVID that yeah. I was trying to figure out how to do this. And then I yeah. met I met um, the uh, the right people. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, like uh, Purdue. That's who Brandon, I met. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, bro, how do we make this happen? And he's the one that opened the door for this. That's because so awesome. For me. We'll to give him a yes. shout out. Brandon Purdue in yeah. the house, man. Love it. Bringing the heat. Love, Love it. it. But I told him that, I, that I'd been a fan. And he like I'd posted some stuff on my own personal social. And he he would write back and say, dude, he's one of our writers by Riser House, I think he's yeah. with. right." And he was, I'm like, dude, no way. So we just started talking. I'm trying to think who else we've worked with. But there's been plenty of bands that he's associated with that yeah. we've kind of come around with. But, um, yeah. I'm not saying that he's the big time thank you for this because I was a fan prior to that. But the end of the day is I've sent so many DMs and gotten artists to play here before. Yeah. And that's how it works this day. Man, I, I told somebody the other day, I was like, you know, you can't ignore those those DMs. No. It's, it's easy to do. And, and here's why. Because they're solicited. You know, sometimes they are. And it's, sometimes it's like, because you run into problems like uh, this person wants you to play and they have a farm, and they have a tobacco wagon. You know? Right. And it's like, well, we need production. They're like, uh, what's production? Yeah. Oh, you, we need a PA system. Okay, well, we, we need a sound guy. And they don't like, understand. Yeah, they don't understand. That's the, the point. And and also there's liability on a tobacco wagon. You know, you got to make sure it's secure. So sometimes, like, the booking agent's like, eh, I mean, be careful with those DMs. But seriously, I've, I've had some great opportunities come out of just – reading those DMs and getting in touch with these people and seeing sure. if it's something that we could really truly work out because sometimes it really does work out. It, do, it I can tell you that I've probably booked 10 artists um, through a direct message. Yeah. And that's how the whole wall has started. Austin Burke, his first show ever out of Arizona was here. Yeah. And I sent him a DM like, bro, dude, I dig, I dig whole on love. Like, how do I get you? Because <laughs> we are um, – Obviously, we we get to the point where we can't necessarily afford someone when they get up here. Right. So we're a stepping stone. Chris told you this afternoon. We've had so many artists come in here, and when I sit with them like this, I'm like, dude, I don't I don't want to hear your covers because I live in Vegas. Right. It's like you live in a Nashville. You can go to Broadway and hear any damn song you want to. Yeah. I'm gonna hear your stuff, and that's kind of what we do. Yeah. There's a time and a place. I mean, I don't get mad at two, three co covers a night, whatever, right. because it's engaging. It helps the audience yeah. really connect with you. And, oh, my God, this is the kind of music he listens to, and this is who he likes because he's playing their cover, that sort of They get to know more about you, but the end-all, be-all is, like, this is an opportunity for all these artists to come up and play their music. And yeah. I know there's a lot of places out there that don't allow people to do that, and that's what we fancy ourselves on. Absolutely. Just, just the ability to do all that. Yeah. I mean, man, you know, the, the I, I see why, I get why people don't come back when they've got reached a certain level. But at the same time, it's important to be humbled by that every now and then. I get it. Like there's, you could take another show for like, you know, way more money, like 150 grand or 200 grand <laughs> or whatever. I, I don't know what people make, right. uh, but, um, come back and play Sony for five. But Hey, it's a thing <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's just a, it just makes your soul better. You know, I, I love going back and playing Austin City where I cut my teeth. It's it, 
you know, capacity 150, right. little bitty. It's always full every time we go back. But we try to make it a point to go back. You have to, Because man. it's like, man, I remember when I was singing all covers here, Dixieland yeah. Delight. And if I did try to do an original, somebody would come up and be like, do a cover, I don't know this song. Well, now we go there. And every person in that place is singing my song, yeah. so it's just this moment that kind of happens, and and uh, and I, but I do get it, but uh, but it's something you gotta at least think about. Sure, got to be on the radar. I mean, it's it's not like you have a little venue; you have a huge it's a big venue. place. Yeah, there's opportunity. We've done some stuff with artists where we just done straight door deals with them, and yeah, it's can be lucrative. Yeah, it really can because yeah. the end of the day is our marketing machine's pretty strong, and yeah, and if people know you, it's even it's even better. I yeah, mean, that's that's the fun of it all. Let's go back to that wonderful year of 2020. Okay. Um, everybody has their story, but what's your highlight of it all? What's the one thing that you can look back on 2020 and be super thankful for? I think that I probably share this same thing with pretty much anyone that does what we do i really uh i realized that i was taking this whole thing for granted you know i was like man i just i wish that i could do another meet and greet i wish i could play another show i would bitch about oh man 90 minutes we got to play 90 minutes well shit i wish i played an hour and a half you know, or two hours, whatever. I just took it all for granted, right? And it really put that in perspective for me. But other than that, my my now fiance and I were kind of complaining about how we never got to see each other. <laughs> and then, and you guys made it. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, look, we went from not seeing each other, but on maybe Monday and Tuesday, to seeing each other Monday through Sunday, right? Every week, twenty four seven, and. It was like, well, we got what we wanted. <laughs> so, but it was really such a, a bonding moment, and it made us uh, realize that because it was t- tough for a lot of people, it was tough for us, you know, it was right. tough for everybody. Um, but it made us realize how much we're just in love with each other, and and how and how we're meant to be together, and all that's that awesome. Stuff, you know, a lot. Of, I mean, you hear the stories about people that <laughs> it was too much time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Way too much time. I heard Ronnie. Dunn, I don't know if Ronnie Dunn would want to want, want me to relive this moment for him. Maybe he thought it was funny like I did, but I heard him on the radio one time and it cracked me up. And the radio uh, personality said, "So Ronnie, you are one of the longest married men in country music. Ronnie, what is the secret to being on the road and being married?" And he goes, "Well." Being on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Absence makes the heart grow fonder. I think I read that somewhere on them internets, right? Oh, man, I just got crap. I was tickled. That's actually pretty freaking funny. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you can't get sick of someone when you're on the road. That's true. Unless they bitch and complain the whole time. (laughs) What's been your favorite song to be a part of? Well, right now, I have to say that... Travis Tritt and I wrote a song together in March of 2020. Okay. It was called uh, They Don't Make Them Like That No More. It's on his new album. And I just found out about three days ago it's going to be the radio single. No way. It goes out to radio August 30th. So I'm super excited about this Travis Tritt single. And I've got Hot Beer on the radio as well. So I have two songs on country radio. That's just really exciting, man. So I, I would have to say those two songs. I mean... That's that's kind of my 
That's my hype moment right now. Just, I like it. <laughs> I'm pumped about those. Things. You just got to, yeah, all it takes is one, right? And then you're, that's right. Then you're at that next level again. Yeah. Your favorite place to play so far as an artist? Well, take, I haven't played here yet. So. I was I was just going to say, <laughs> I'm going to take two away from you. I haven't played Stoney's yet and take the Opry out of it. So traveling okay. on, on the yeah. road, like what's like, take home out of it, going yeah. back and playing the small yeah. venue. Like well, what's, being, what's a, uh, since you're a music venue, as long as you don't take offense to this, I will answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I, I, it's going to be a long time ago right. because I really treasure those those up and you know those I'm still up and coming, but I'm just saying like those moments where uh, I was home with my with my family and my friends and we and I was starting to really fall in love with music and stuff like that. Um, I had gotten this gig playing at this place that my uh, that my uncles both cut their teeth in and so that was that was I was like 18 years old and I'm I'm I got my first gig playing with the band as at this this honky tonk in Kentucky where my uncles cut their teeth so I was like my uncles did it here I'm doing it here All right what's it called called austin city saloon it is austin it city is saloon. austin city yeah right so i'm biased because this is my hometown and, and all the family history and stuff like that and right and uh depending on what day it is they might say that that's one of their favorites just so many memories and stuff like that hey we're, we're gonna make a bunch a bunch here too but yeah but yeah you know so many memories i don't i don't ever get offended by that that doesn't i mean i know that that we do what we do here and people have a relationship at other places and it's kind of like i'd never ask the question if i if i got offended easily yeah. that's for sure but <laughs> i like to know because in a sense of it gives us the ability to learn stuff because if it's yeah. a, if it's if it's something that we could fix do better that yeah. sort of thing that's kind of like a, a goal of ours we always want to make every experience here the, yeah like the coolest freaking one that you can have man and well you're killing it i mean you, know, <laughs> you haven't even played here yet man Come on. well no nah, but i but i've been here for the past two hours and, yeah. and just all the memorabilia and, and the vibes and, and and the 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 work you put into just this room we're sitting in and the green room and and where you had all the posters and the guitars and yeah. the stage looks amazing. The the energy you put into the to the sound equipment and the the I mean, dude, like this place freaking rocks. Yeah, the the you funnest going on. the the funnest thing about this place is I always like to say this to an artist first time they're here is when they're playing just to just. The bull's not back yet. The bull's almost back. We do have a mechanical bull here, but okay. it's we're waiting on this the the floor mat. We it, I got you. That's supposed to be back. Maybe today or Monday. You like, mean you don't want people to climb up there without the floor, <laughs> without no, the floor mat? <laughs> no, no. The bull's not even here. But the neat part about it is when you see the room and you'll have the people that that are fans of the music will be up front, and then the whole back of the half of the dance floor, people are dancing. Yeah. And we got the go-go boxes, and the girls are up there sometimes. It's just so much to consume when you're up there. And I always tell people, go into about five, six songs because you get your jitters out of the way because yeah. it's a new place and blah, blah. And then just take a breath and look around because the room is it's pretty badass, man. Yeah. Our girls dance on the bars. You've got girls dancing inside the cages. You've yeah. got people dancing on the dance floor. You're doing your music, and you just sit back and go, oh, my God, it's like Roadhouse all over again, you know, but <laughs> in a less violent way. Yeah. <laughs> less roundhouse kicks. Yeah, less roundhouse kicks. That's sweet. <laughs> what do you got, like, going on the rest of the year? Like, what is 2021 looking for you after you obviously leave here and play your best show you've ever played and yeah. it becomes your new favorite place? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. We got uh, we. I mean, we have a lot of dates in the in the books. We, we've we've had we've had some shows, and we have some shows coming up with Party John Party. Yeah. So he uh, he produced my album. Okay. Uh, I think I read that. Yeah. And uh, him and I are buddies, and 
you know, we're we're writing together and doing a lot of stuff together. So we decided to do some shows together and see how that goes. Other than that, we're um, so far we've been headlining. We I've never been a headliner. You like act. it though? I do like it. That's yeah, good. I like it, and uh, I I had the opportunity to to have openers and bring them up on stage with me. It's it's a cool moment. Right. We get to play longer. We get to play more songs. It's, right. it's pretty cool. Um, so uh, I would like to be on a proper tour, you know, because it's just that's how you get fans. But, sure. But I like what we're doing, man. We're doing some cool stuff this year. Uh, the goal is in twenty twenty two to be committed to a, a proper tour right do you have an artist that that you, that you look up to in yeah. a sense how their career went sure yeah uh party is one of them right uh justin moore is is i'm a huge fan eric church yeah huge fan of eric church and i think uh, above me just being a fan which is important it's a good fit you know, that's a good fit for my music. And right. I think their fans would like my music, um, and and I just think it would be a good fit. Party's played here twice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think he might have a poster up in our room downstairs on the way back to the green room. I'll show it to you. I know there. I, th- I believe Chase Chase Bryant's in there. Kane Brown and there. I'm almost positive there's a John Party poster okay. in there, but he looks like a freaking baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I met him. Actually, he's one of the first people I met when I moved to Nashville almost almost a decade ago. Uh, I met him before any radio success. His, right. He was just re- recording his first album and stuff like that, and I was such a fan then. I was like, man, this, this guy is just freaking awesome. He has always been good to me. Like when he played here the first time, then we did a tailgate out in the parking lot yeah. where he headlined one night and Kip Moore headlined one, one night. Yeah. And uh, he's just he's, always been yeah. been good dude. He's not jaded. He's so thankful to uh, to be at the level he's at. He's so thankful every single day. It's perfect to to be playing the music and and getting to do what he does. And I think that's amazing. He did. Um, he hosted the ACMs. I think in nineteen or something like that. And when yeah. they did the recording of it, I think him and Lauren Elena. Yeah, it sounds right. And. Yeah. Uh, it was hilarious because to go there and watch it live, I'm sure they went, or the, the recording of it, I'm sure they went back and fixed a lot of it because they were all over the place. It was so <laughs> great. I'm like looking at him like, I know that guy likes his his whiskey, <laughs> but man, that was a lot of whiskey he must have had because he was literally all over the place. It was like the greatest. I'm just yeah, like sitting there laughing. It's it's weird. I don't think I'm, I must have missed that one somehow. I don't uh, know how I missed it. I don't, I don't remember. It was, it was at the Ryman. I remember hearing about it. Yeah. I remember hearing about it. But I I'm, I can almost was... guarantee they went back and they fixed some stuff. <laughs> I can almost guarantee it because he would like read from the prompter and Is then he would just start laughing. He, he got up with uh, Thomas Rhett and did uh, you know what's that song? Uh, Ain't nothing that a beer can fix. I don't. I think, but I don't remember. I, I saw just, a couple of little clips of it. I it was hilarious, that. dude. It's probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen because you get to see people. Like in their own element, yeah. being raw and just being who they are, and and that's my favorite thing. That's yeah. why I do this. I don't I don't do much research um, when I talk to somebody because I just want it to be like a conversation. And <laughs> yeah. it's a good listen because people get to know. Like uh, I don't I'm not gonna sit here and ask you the same questions. I hope not that the, that everyone else asked you. Like my goal is to get stuff out no, of you. No man, you've no you've done. I mean, this is fun. Yeah, this it's is been fun. a good time, man. I've enjoyed yeah. this. Huh? It's about it's almost dinner time. So. Thank you for the time. Hey, you can call me anything. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> Dude, me neither, man. <laughs> I can tell you today I had a Jersey Mike sandwich, and that's it. So I'm I'm ready. I'm 
man, I love their uh, their chi- chipotle chicken. Do they have a? Do they still have that? Or it's like a uh, what is that called? It's like a just a big sub with a bunch of chicken, melted cheese, like a, and they have some kind of sauce they put on it. Never had that. I didn't even look at their hot sandwiches because I always yeah. get either an Italian See, or a turkey and roast you, beef. You have to. Branch out a little bit. It's too hot here to eat a hot sandwich, dude. It's 100 (laughs) degrees today. Yeah, but it feels like 85 to me, man. Today was warmer. Today was warmer. Humidity, but I've been here when it was like 110. Yeah, fuck that. I would go back. It's hot. No, it's hot, dude. Two weeks ago, it was 117, 122, and you're like, dude, I don't even want to be here, man. I'm, I'm serious. Like, not having humidity. I don't care how how hot it is, man. Like, I. It's such a relief to not have humidity. <laughs> I did. I'll go back. I think it was 2018. I was in Nashville, July, August, and we did. Uh, we were coming out as doing some stuff with. We got nominated as ACM Nightclub of the Year, and it was our second time. So we went to. Heck yeah. We went Congrats. to. Thank you very much. We went to Nashville, and we got some photos taken. And we would walk outside of the hotel. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. It's, it was hot and humid. <laughs> yeah. It was like 90 and 90. And you're yeah. just like, what's the point? That's the thing. It can be like 90 degrees or 85 and, and just feel like. Meh. It just sticks to your face and, you yeah. know, arm, your, your pits. and You can't just, wear white. You're wet. Like yeah. everywhere. It's, it's awful. It is bad there. I will give you that. I will give you that. Dude, thank you so much for the time today. It was good getting to know you a little bit better. Tell people how yeah. to find you online. Yeah, I'm on. The, in, I, I, so Instagram's kind of my. And That's your jam. Instagram and TikTok, my jam. Facebook, I like Facebook. I do Facebook. Uh, but, yeah, y'all can search me up on there. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music. I'm on my third album comes out in the fall. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, come see us on the road. Yes. But DylanCarmichael.com. I <laughs> if, love If you it. still do websites, if that's Dude, a thing still. <laughs> you should probably check how much traffic you get to those things. Man. Yeah. That's yeah. Good point. Good point. My walking, living, breathing country boy's dream It kind of makes me wonder what it is she sees in me I know it ain't my movie star Look, she can't resist And when